the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, As we do once a month, we talk to State Representative Dave Greenspan to give us an update on what's going on in Columbus. Representing District 16 in the Ohio Legislature, Dave Greenspan. Dave, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. It's always being on. Uh, it's always great to have you, and you're our voice of Columbus here. So uh, it's uh, <laughs> Thank you. now the uh, end of September. So what uh, what's going on in Columbus since uh, the last time we talked? Well, it's, it's an interesting time. Obviously, there's no session uh, for the House. Uh, the Senate was in session one day uh, earlier this week. Um, and that is the only day they've been in session since June, the end of June, as as we are in summer recess. Uh, we'll come back right after the November election, both the House and the Senate. But obviously, you know, the, the, the word recess implies time off. They're, the only difference between us being in session and, and in a quote-unquote recess period is that we just don't have uh, session days. There are still uh, various committees uh, meeting and various uh, you know, regulatory uh, statutory groups that that are meeting. I was down in Columbus two weeks ago. I serve on the uh, Broadcast Educational Media Commission's uh, board as an ex officio member. So we had our quarterly board meeting, and I was down in Columbus for that. A number of members serve on various committees as well. Some meet as frequently as every week. So I don't want there to be this misperception that, that just because the quote-unquote period of recess is upon us that we are not uh, working on behalf of the residents of the state of Ohio and the residents of our district. Uh, this period actually gives us a time to to um, to focus on a number of things. Obviously, we're in the middle of, of an election, and for me, a re-election period, which um, a portion of my efforts are focused on that, but also a portion of my efforts are focused on, on uh, getting back to some of the um, opportunities to meet with constituents in the district that we just don't have the time uh, when we're when we're in Columbus. So this is a great time for me. Uh, we're, we've issued a number of accommodations for various uh, various activities. We actually issued a House resolution, which is a little stronger than accommodation. It's actually recorded in the, in the roles of the uh, of the State House. And, uh, Patrolman Jimmy Carbone in our North Olmsted Police Department is a school resource officer there, and he's been recognized as the school resource officer of the year for the state of Ohio, which is hmm. which is a tremendous honor. And uh, actually, in our district, for a period of time, we had an overlap with the FOP Officer of the Year, Bill Sergeant, out out of uh, out of North Olmsted Police Department, and Rick Grain, out of the Westlake Police Department. He was the FOP Auxiliary Officer of the Year. So we had the FOP Officer, FOP Auxiliary Officer, and School Resource Officer of the Year for a very short period of time when they all overlapped, holding those distinctions from my from the 16th house district from the district i represent so we're very honored to have those three uh, officers recognized for the work that they do uh so that's some of the work um you know back in the district but in columbus you know i'm, I'm still there you know uh, frequently uh working on uh, still working on various pieces of legislation as we talked about last month the speaker had asked me to to head up the house's effort on the the gaming uh the sports gaming um bill for the Ohio House, I'm working with Senator Eklund, uh, he's and Senator O'Brien, their colleagues in the Senate that are working on the same bill, and we're working collaboratively. I was down in Columbus earlier this week uh, at an interested party meeting, uh, working on that bill. And uh, now what we're working on is looking at the the. I have introduced 17 pieces of legislation. Uh, three of them have been entered into law. I have eight in in the Senate in various forms. And a few in the House that we're hoping them to uh, to move over uh, quickly uh, to the Senate because when we come back after the November sixth elections, uh, we have seven session days to move a lot of legislation, and um, so that's kind of where my focus has been. The three primary pieces that we've been talking about 
the uh, give you an update on those, mm-hmm. the Public Safety and Military Protection Act, which we've been talking about since day one when I went, got, went, got elected. Uh, that bill is, is in the Senate. I'm um, encouraged um, to report that that um, there is there is movement with that bill, and I was actually hoping that we'd be able to move it this month, but it looks like we're going to be moving it in November. Uh, Senator Dolan has been a tremendous champion uh, for this effort in the Senate. And uh, what happens now at this time of year, which is actually very interesting, is as a lot of bills are are in both chambers or in the in, in the other chamber, as I mentioned, I have eight that are in the Senate. What happens is is, is bills start to be looked for, bills of like interest start to to look for other bills to um, amend into. So Senator Dolan and I are talking about with Senator Manning. Uh, a bill that they're working on to put into into House Bill 38. Uh, there are bills that that um, I have in in the House that we may look to merge into Senate bills to help move these along. Obviously, they have to be of similar interest. We've got the single subject law here in Ohio, so that's where I'm saying we'd look to uh, to to marry those bills up to move them along. And obviously, it's good policy. We don't want to introduce a bill that's moving with a bill that might have some challenges because then the good bill would stop. So we're working with our policy people, and I know our policy staff is working with the Senate's policy staff to try to see what we can do to advance a good legislation. So House Bill 38 is moving, moving nicely. Uh, House Bill 360, which is the anti-bullying bill, uh, I met with Senator Lehner, who chairs the Senate Education Committee, and she expressed concerns with a few of the provisions we had in the bill. And through negotiation, I've, I've been able to provide them what I believe with are the amendments necessary to to advance that bill. And if you remember, there were I could tell you where the amendments are. Oh, they're, sure, yeah, I'd like to hear that. Yeah, they're they're basically in in a few key areas. So if you remember the bill for the first offense, which is really the second offense, because the district has the ability to amend the behavior of the student themselves before this bill kicks in. Right now, for the first, second, and third offense, it's a up to 10-day suspension, up to 30-day suspension, up to 182-day suspension. Within school being the preference, out of school the option, the district always has the ability to expel. Well, the, some of the senators have some concerns with the with the 30 and 182-day suspension periods. So, what we're what the amendment that I've offered is is to make all all um, all offenses subject to up to 10 days suspension. So. If it's the the first, second, or third, or after multiple after that, the most you can be suspended for is up to ten days. Um, the other provision in there: some districts don't have the ability to offer in-school suspension; they only can do offer an out-of-school suspension, and we we would not like that as the first option. So we're going to add a provision that the student may may serve ten days of detention, or up to ten days of detention. As in addition to the options of in school, out of school, and expulsion, so the district has a greater opportunity to to amend the behavior and work with the student in that respect. And the other the other amendment that that we made is in the bill currently, if a student is suspended and the suspension wraps into the next school year, so let's say the, the last five days of school, the student receives a ten day suspension. If there are only five days left, then the rest of the suspension is not served. The bill, as it's currently written, would have the five days in this year and the five days at the beginning of next year. Uh, that's in violation of House Bill 410 from the 131st General Assembly. So we are amending that out of the bill so that the suspension would end at the end of the year. Uh, not necessarily ideal, not what I had in mind when I crafted the bill. But, you know, as you go through anything in life, you have to make the determination, do you get some of what you want or none of what you want? Right, and right. so this is an opportunity to advance that bill. Now, now, with that bill, with um, this is House Bill uh, 360? 360, right. The, uh, the question is, what happens, uh, just to refresh our memory, to the yeah. uh, students who just don't respond to these suspensions and they keep escalating and continue? How, how does this, well, does it put any new penalties down, anything significant? No, there, there are no new penalties. Obviously, the district, let's say the student, you know, bullies another student, and, and the district works with it however they see fit, and that doesn't work, they do it again, then this, the provisions of this bill kick in. If the district says, you know what, we're gonna, we'll start you with a 10-day detention. And after the 10-day detention, the behavior doesn't change, they can go back and say, well, we're going to 
uh, in-school suspend you for 10 days. If that doesn't work, they can in-school suspend them again. They can out-of-school suspend them for 10, or they can just expel them at any point if they view that that the uh, that the discipline you know isn't isn't working, or that the act itself was so egregious that it puts other students in jeopardy. So the the escalating time period was one that the Senate had some problems with. Um, so the the solution is is to, that each offense shall be up to 10 days. The district could start with the two and the first offense under the bill, a five day of the second offense, a third day under, you know, ten days under the third. It's at their discretion. I see. So, well, it's a good idea just to bring the question of bullying back to the forefront because it seems like so many long-term, lifelong problems start with bullying and bad behavior. And it uh, sounds like uh, hopefully the, the kids who are the bullies are going to be able to learn how to respect one another and at least get the teachers to uh, enforce that, uh, even if they don't want to do it. We're, we're talking. Well, and- oh, go ahead. We're going to take a break now. We're, we're talking to uh, Dave Greenspan. He's the uh, House District 16 representative, and we're getting a recap on what's going on here in Ohio. So don't go away. We'll be back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. We'll be right back. You didn't plan its way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance advanced funeral planning is a good idea nick phillips here for bush funeral and crematory services when we were faced with the task of recording final wishes we turned to the caring professionals at bush thanks nick mark bush here we make it easy for you to get started download our seniors guide to funeral arrangements at bushcares.com or call 800-252-8724 and ask to speak with a funeral planning specialist Visit bushcares.com. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips & Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Welcome back. Cleveland Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. We're talking tonight to State Representative Dave Greenspan, and uh, we're covering the issues that are currently topics in Columbus. And specifically, we left off last time 
with talking about the uh, anti-bullying legislation that's pending. Representative Greenspan, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. We're, we're talking about the uh, anti-bullying statute and uh, looking right. at that as being sort of a key to all kinds of problems in society and uh, strengthening that. Uh, what, what are some of the remaining issues uh, that uh, need to be handled before this legislation is put into into place? Well, it, it, right now we're, we're working with the Senate to, to accept our amendments and to see what other, other um, issues they may want to discuss on the bill. And we're hoping here to start to, as we begin October, you know, we're a couple weeks away from, you know, five weeks away or so from us reconvening and going back in the session to have some of these issues worked out. Um, you know, and, and look, the, the process is deliberate. It's meant to be so. Um, you know, the Senate got this bill a while ago from us. They actually got it back in April. So we are, and we start talking with our Senate colleagues as we were crafting the bill in the fall of last year. So the process is deliberative. It's supposed to be so that we're able to get a, a good piece of, of public policy that um, covers issues and areas that maybe we haven't thought of uh, in, in one chamber, and it'll be it'll be addressed in the other. So we're hoping that this will will move quickly as we move into into November, and that's our hope. We reach out to the chairs of, the, of each of the committees that our pieces of legislation uh, are in to see what we can do to help advocate for the bill. And or for the or for the resolution, we have um, one resolution that's in the Senate right now, and actually it's below the black line, meaning that it's been voted out of committee and waiting to go onto the floor. And that's the anti-BDS on college campus uh, piece of, of uh, legislation. It's actually a resolution, and so uh, we're hoping to move that one quickly. We actually have a bill in, in the House that's below the black line. It's out of committee, ready to go to the floor, and that's with the Ohio checkbook, which is to make uh, a duty of the treasurer the uh, the Ohio checkbook, which displays all expenditures for political subdivisions, still permissive for the political subdivision to participate. But right now, it's at the discretion of the treasurer. And as we know, Josh Mandel, our current treasurer, is term limited out. And a number of us in the legislature and out in the community would like to see that practice continued. So that's what this, this bill, this is House Bill 40, is intended to do. So those two bills are ready to go. One, if the resolution is passed out of the Senate, it immediately goes into effect. And House Bill 40 uh, will have to go to the other chamber and start that process. But it's been through the chamber before. It actually started there last General Assembly, I believe. So we, we believe we'll be able to move that one, move that one as well. Um, you know, I've got a, a I've talked about this uh, House Bill 415, which is the road bill to provide more money for our local communities for roads. That's in the Senate. Uh, there are some problems with that bill. Um, there's a belief that general fund money should not go towards local roads and infrastructure. Uh, we're hoping to, to change that policy decision. It's not in law. It's just a, a policy decision uh, that the Senate has, and we hope to change that. And at the same time, we've got some, some opportunities with the governor's office that we need to work with them to better uh for them to better understand the needs that are going on out in our communities as it relates to, to funding our roads. You mentioned something about uh, the deliberative. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that we put all these great minds together and we think about these things. And as pieces of legislation are proposed, uh, you end up having proponents and opponents to the various uh, pieces of legislation. Have you seen over the years that you've been in the state legislature now where uh, the interest of, uh, say, urban uh, house districts are different than the interest of uh, rural or agricultural districts? And, and do, you, do you see much work that you have to do in bringing things together to uh, be agreed upon by both sides? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of it, a lot of it is just education. So, you know, educating members. So as an example, yeah, we, we're in a suburban district right up against an urban district. So we have, we have, for example, um, public transit um, here in Northeast Ohio that they don't have in some, in some of most parts of the state. So explaining the value and, and the necessity to adequately and, and provide additional funding for public transit is something that not only we work with here in Northeast Ohio, once again, I'll bring up Senator Dolan as an advocate for that as well, but we have the same issues in Columbus and Cincinnati and Toledo and, you know, in our major, our major uh, you know, suburban urban hubs. So that's an example of us trying to advocate better so that our, our, our members, our colleagues who aren't in communities that have public transit or maybe not to the extent that we do, 
the value that it brings to our local community. Likewise, in the urban districts, urban suburban districts that are here in Northeast Ohio and in Columbus and Cincinnati, we don't necessarily have a large agricultural presence. Um, so the, our members who are in more rural districts, the agricultural districts, they do a very good job of, of educating us, as does the Farm Bureau, as an example, as to the value of agriculture and, and its, its position in the state of Ohio. So it, it does go both ways, and obviously you hear proponents and opponents on, on, on the sides of, of nearly every issue, and, and primarily because, uh, you know, folks are passionate about issues. But at the same time, if it involves the use of financial resources, that's where the discussions really become um, become very, very interesting because we have limited financial resources in the state of Ohio, as we do in any other state or any city or school board, and how we allocate and prioritize the issues uh, for the state uh, are, are important, and that is what will typically drive good public policy, which then gets down to the discussion of how do we allocate those scarce financial resources to match the, the policy and the priorities of the state. Well, uh, the uh, the idea of living in the process puts you out on the street uh, now that you're out campaigning for a reelection. What what are you hearing as some of the top concerns of the uh, constituents uh, as yeah, far as what yeah, issues that's, are out that's there? That's great. You know, you know, interestingly, you know, four and six years ago when I was running for county council, and two years ago running for the state house, I heard a lot about the economy and strengthen the economy. What can we do? Well, obviously, now we're seeing the flip side of that. We have a robust economy. Our unemployment is half of what it was eight years ago. We're, we're in, in around 4% unemployment in the state of Ohio. We actually, for the first time, have more available jobs than we have job seekers. So now the discussion has changed from how do we make our economy more robust to how is it that we find the workforce to fill the driving need or the needs of the driving economy. And uh, I have, I have a, a, a company here in my district, and they're a, they, they make uh, clutches for large uh, maritime interests. And, you know, they're like, look, GDP goes above 3%. We can't find enough people. And right now our GDP is in the fours. So, you know, there's a, a definite struggle, you know, finding a competent, qualified workforce. And we always talk about, and you've heard me talk about a qualified workforce and a competent workforce. That's right. The competency issue we're working on with workforce development issues, the qualified workforce we're working on with this opioid issue. That's one of the things I continuously hear at the door is what are we doing with the opioid issue? And, you know, the, the short answer is we're doing a lot. The long answer is it's a very long, lengthy process, and it's not something that can be turned around quickly. Uh, you know, the, the opioid deaths may be up because of the introduction of fentanyl, which is just destructive to our communities. Uh, 19 grams of fentanyl, to give you an example, 19 grams can kill 10,000 people. If oh it's if it becomes airborne, some small cities, and so and it's a small city, and, and and nineteen grams is a small vial, and so when before we were dealing with heroin or dealing with cocaine or methamphetamines or some of the other drugs, uh, they were different. It was a different way to address those issues, but you start talking about fentanyl, and and it's and it's it's multiple t- times worse, more potent, relative car fentanyl. It is very challenging to address those issues. Um, and now what we're having is because naloxone is becoming so prevalent that we're having a lot of saves, which is good, from, from overdoses. And Vivitrol, which is a, an example of a drug that, that helps, um, it helps the, the, the receptors in the brain that uh, are, are stimulated by, by the use of an opioid, uh, is helping to disconnect that connection. What we're seeing now is a shift from opioid addictions back to cocaine because they know that if they're on Vivitrol that the if they try to get high off an opioid, it actually causes them significant discomfort. And if they go back to cocaine, Vivitrol doesn't impact the, the addiction mm-hmm. to cocaine. So now we're starting to see an increase in cocaine overdoses and cocaine-related drug addiction issues. There's continuous so it's, it's watching. A, it's sure. a very, yeah, it's a very complicated, ever-evolving market, but it's some, or, or not market, but issue, but it's something that we're working on uh, at the state house, and we appropriated 180 million dollars in this budget to help deal with it. It's not enough, but it's a start. We're dealing with the kinship care, and we're dealing with foster care because we're getting kids that are that are whose parents are incarcerated who passed away that well, there, need help. There's certainly a, a lot, lot on your plate. We've been talking to State yeah. Representative D- Dave Greenspan and his monthly report on what's going on in Columbus. 
And uh, Dave, I'd like to thank you so much for uh, sharing. Great. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be on. Thank you so much. And if you'd like to hear Dave again on our podcast, you can go to whkradio.com and go to podcast, and you can replay this um, many times over. Dave, again, thank you so much. Very good. We're going to take a short break. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, We're taking a short break. We'll be back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips on The Advocate. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. How's your back? Every day, thousands of people suffer with unrelenting back pain that takes time from their normal life. Dr. Patrick McCluskey and his staff at the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic provide the helping hands to relieve those nagging pains. Located in North Royalton at Sprague and York Roads, schedule an appointment today with the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic by calling 440-884-0083 for an appointment. That's 440-884-0083. Just imagine being neck and back pain free. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I, at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. In the next two segments, we're going to be talking about marketing. And we're going to be talking about marketing in the year 2018 and how things have changed. And with us is Sean Belding. Uh, an expert in modern marketing. Sean, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Nick. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Uh, Tell us a little bit about your background in involving marketing. Well, marketing has been, uh, I guess, in different ways uh, (laughs) almost all my my adult life. Uh, I I began working in uh, in, uh, advertising agencies, national and international agencies. And um, and I went from there to uh, to, uh, just... uh, from there to, uh, to decided to own, get, get rich. I decided to get rich. I was going to own a chain of retail toy stores, which um, uh, <laughs> which didn't last nearly as long as I wanted them to. But um, but uh, for the last 27 years, uh, our company, the Belding Group of Companies, uh, we focus on helping companies improve their customer experience through training and development and consulting uh, and customer service levels. And so it, it all is. And, and what's what's interesting is. You know, way back when, when I was working in advertising, 
you know, which was focusing on the marketing and the strategic aspect of it. And I'm finding now that the whole world of customer experience is the new marketing in, in many, many ways. So uh, I'm, I'm able to draw on a lot of my past experience in that case. Well, we talked about customer experience being sort of the focus. How does that differ than what we were doing in the past where we'd have like print advertising and radio advertising and those kinds of things? And now we have uh, social media and uh, the Internet and so forth. Well, you know, it, it, it's a really interesting question, and it, uh, you know, we could probably spend four days talking about it because I, I get kind of geeky when I talk about these um, in some ways, it's really very much the same. Uh, certainly when I was involved in advertising, uh, and again, in the marketing side of things, is that we were really focused on um, on tapping into what customers' needs were and sort of leveraging that to send a message. But um, but the difference now, and that, that's what social media does, the difference now is that when, when I was in, in agencies, we controlled the message. We, a company, we'd say, here's our brand, here's our brand strategy, here's the unique selling proposition or the value proposition, and, and we could push that, and, and as long as it resonated with people, we were good to go. We, people have no control over their brand strategy now. The customers are the ones that, that are in control. Social media, you can, you can put anything you want uh, on your, in an ad or on a website or in something that's in print, um, but if the people that are talking about you aren't saying those same things, then it's meaningless. Well, it uh, sounds like a lot of effort still is put in marketing when you have people looking at how to get their businesses going. And one of the things that struck me is that you mentioned how you can use various things uh, in your experience or in your business experience to use it uh, in a helpful way toward marketing. And you use the Frontier Airlines experience. Well, tell us about that. Well, that was, a, that was an interesting uh I, it was an interesting little clip that, that I caught and got a chance to look at it, and, and and it was one of those things where it was, oh my goodness, you had such an amazing opportunity to create a positive experience, and you kind of blew it. Um, the frontier, that is. Um, well, what what, hap- what happened in front? Yeah, tell us what happened yeah. at frontier. What, what what's the incident? Well, they had uh, there were there were two young children, and uh, I, I don't remember, recall the age of the top. I, I want to say six years old and nine years old. They mm-hmm. were flying from I, I think Iowa um, into Orlando, alone. and uh, <laughs> and they were flying alone. They were flying unaccompanied, and that that's normal. That happens all the time. And Frontier, who's been advertising, hey, you can send your kids with us and trust your kids with us. Um, they had, you know, of course, they had a pro- protocol in place where there's always somebody to look after them. I'll make a long story short, the, the plane, due to weather, got rerouted and didn't land in Orlando. It ended up landing uh, in Atlanta, I believe, and, uh, and the parents are worried sick. Now, the thing is, the kids were fine. The kids were looked after from beginning to end. There was never anybody not with them, not looking after them. They got on the next flight back. But what they didn't have was a simple protocol for contacting the parents. So had the parents not had an app that showed that the plane had been redirected to Atlanta. They'd have no idea what was going on. It, and the, the children, eventually one of the kids had to borrow the cell phone from another child that was in the same position um, to contact mom and dad and tell them what was going on. They had, the airline hadn't bothered to call them at all. So from a process point of view, Frontier was doing it right, at, at least in terms of looking after the kids. But what they didn't do was look after the parents and anybody who has right. children. You can imagine how terrifying that was. Well, well, it would um, be losing your precious cargo like that. So, so the what, ultimate precious cargo. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember that because they had to stay overnight in a hotel with an air, airline employee and all that kind of thing. Uh, but, but how how could this be viewed as something good or a good opportunity for the airline? Well, if you think about it, I mean, again, for a parent, there's nothing that, certainly nothing that is more dear to you than your children. So if you look after somebody's children, um, I mean, you're going to be that company's hero, like forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and had they, imagine if they just had a protocol that as the plane got redirected, it's not like there's that many children on a plane that are unaccompanied, that somebody just makes a quick call, says, hey, Here's what's happening. We're going to keep you uh, apprised of what's going on. Everything's going to be fine. Here's the situation. When they land, if somebody says, hi, my name's Fred, 
here's my phone number. I'm the one looking after your kids. Everything's going to be great. Call me any time of the day or night. Um, you know, uh, uh, and they let the kids. Imagine how comfortable the parents parents would feel. I mean, I mean, that's the kind of thing that would have been positive social media uh, everywhere had they had that system in place. But unfortunately, they did the they didn't do that. And then when the parents were upset about it, the response from the airline was, "Well, we didn't do anything wrong. We followed our protocol, and you know, we made sure the kids were safe." Oh my! So. <laughs> Well, and it's shades of, what, two years ago or a year and a half ago when Dr. David Dow on the uh, United Airlines plane got dragged off. And Literally. And United's first response was, well, we were just following our protocol. <laughs> when when <laughs> will they learn? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. well, well, especially with uh, cell phone cameras and easy access to YouTube and Facebook with videos taken on the scene. Uh, are are the airline just using this one example of Frontier Airlines and, and flying unaccompanied minors? Uh, did the other airlines uh, have they had different protocols? Did they have this taken care of, or is this a wake up call for all the airlines? I don't know the answer to that. I, I do know that uh, that all airlines have a um, do have a protocol for unaccompanied children, uh, and uh, and they're they're usually uh, certainly from. From what I've heard, uh, uh, they're usually pretty good with it. Um, but one of the things that all airlines suffer from, uh, and even the good ones, even the ones like Southwest that are that are uh, or JetBlue that are uh, really industry leaders in North America when it comes to um, customer experience, um, even they are challenged uh, sometimes with 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 their communication, and it's because they're big. Uh, they fly like zillions of passengers every single day. Um, and uh, and they, they sort of forget about that one-on-one experience uh, because they're too busy dealing with the masses. Yeah, I would see where having uh, the capabilities uh, with that, it's just like dealing with a, a, a church or a hospital. No matter what the reputation is, uh, every individual participant or member uh, is going to... Um, sort of look at their experience based upon what person they've been dealing with. So a hospital is a great hospital if they had a great nurse. Uh, like Likewise, a church, if there's a great clergyman, then it's a great church. And the contrary is also true. Uh, now, how do we incorporate this in, into business as a general rule? Have, have people not been doing this? Is this some type of news? <laughs> What, not been looking after people? Well, well not, not, to, not, not really focusing on the customer experience as the, as the holy grail uh, to, to make sure that customer service is something everyone's focused on. They, uh, it's been interesting that, that as, uh, as technology has grown and people are, uh, companies are leveraging technology uh, to, to some wonderful, wonderful uh, outcomes. Uh, they're using it. But one of the things that's happened is that is that we have people, the, the phrase big data, of course, is, is all through. We, we talk here about big data and how companies are leveraging it, uh, particularly for you know, CRM, for marketing efforts. But what's happened is we've totally forgot about uh, the little data, like the, the individual. Um, and, and as companies are growing, as companies are, are leveraging more and more technology, what they're doing is they're creating a distance between the real cu- uh, customer. So, uh, for example, the most recent, uh, most current new trend in customer service is mm-hmm. our chatbots. Uh, well, let's so, hold let's hold up on talking about chatbots because oh, sure. we have to, we have to take a break. Uh, we're talking to Sean Belding. We're trying to explore what marketing is about and and what should be goals for uh, attracting and retaining customers uh, in in 2018 and beyond. Uh, We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on The Advocate. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. 
approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Hello, Mark Bush for GreaterThanHeroin.com. Our nation, our state, our county, and our local communities are in the midst of this crisis. It saddens us at Bush. We see firsthand the final outcome impacting families when overdose deaths occur. GreaterThanHeroin.com is a resource for everyone. Join us in our efforts. Email feedback at greaterthanheroin.com to help us defeat this crisis. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with our final segment of The Advocate for tonight. We're talking to Sean Belding, who's the author of The Journey to Wow, dealing with how to focus on customer experiences and marketing. So it's... uh, interesting thing with technology and so forth and uh, again Sean thank you for joining us and by the way where are you calling from um, I am in Ottawa Canada right now oh very good hope hope the tariffs aren't being too difficult for you guys <laughs> well, well, it doesn't impact doesn't impact me too much I don't think but uh, oh very good but well, I appreciate that well can they, all Canadians are still our friends just want you to know that <laughs> so. and vice versa <laughs> Oh, very good. Well, you know, uh, with your marketing background and what we're, we're talking about, just uh, before we went on this last break, you mentioned the term chat box and artificial intelligence. Uh, that's that's somewhat new on the scene over the last decade or so. Uh, how is this coming into play, and, and what can you do with it? Well, I, I, we're talking. Yeah, I was just talking about about one of the things that's happened with technology and 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 this is just it was an example so one of the one of the things that's been surfacing in the, over the last two or three years is um uh our companies are adopting chat bots and they're uh these are things that that uh, they uh, inject into live chat so if you go into live chat with um uh, with apple or amazon or something like that on, on your computer um there's a chance that what you're really talking to isn't a human being; it's a computer. So it's like uh, when, when back in the early '90s, when or sorry, early 2000s, when uh, when we started introducing IVR, the interactive voice uh, recognition uh, thing, into telephones, where mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're, you're talking to a robot on the telephone instead of a huge person uh, or a live person, and one of the things that's happening with chatbots is companies are trying to integrate them in so that you don't know. So you'll go on to their website and you'll start a live chat and you don't know you're talking to a robot. You think you're talking to a person and then next thing you know, you're getting transferred to a person. Um, and, you know, the thing about all this technology is that is that it's pushing us further and further away from human contact because we were talking about that being loyal, we're we're loyal to people. People are loyal to people. You can have the most respected brand in the world, but if that human being that you're talking to that represents that brand 
uh, is rude to you or is not helpful or just simply doesn't help, doesn't seem to care about you, that that will take over from whatever reputation a brand has. Oh, sure will. So one of the things, yeah, one of the things that's happened is technology over the last 10, 15 years has has created this gigantic gap in um, in our ability to connect with our customers and our customers' ability to connect with us. And I think it's been done, the gap has been done, a lot of it's just cost savings. It's a lot cheaper uh, to have a robot talking to people than a human being talking to people. Um, and we think of it as being more efficient. But that's really one of the biggest things that's caused uh, some of the frustration amongst all of us customers is that is that we feel that we're dealing with this great big large company that doesn't care about us, they're faceless, they're nameless, I have no way to talk to anybody, and I'm just a number. Well, getting getting through this, I, I know as I'm thinking of what it's like with banking in the banking industry. We used to know our, our bank tellers and our branch manager, and now we do all of our banking online. And uh, with that, you start uh, showing up once a year at the bank, see how... How everyone is aging is about what you do. Uh, and, and you see that, uh, yeah, if another bank came along, you may not be as loyal because you're not doing that social contact element to, to what's going on. Well, let's talk about your book for a moment. You have a book called The Journey to... And uh, essentially, uh, it's, it's an instruction guide. It's a story. It's a made-up story about uh, a business that you use to teach lessons. Uh, is that correct? It is. It's a uh, uh, it's a business parable. I, I I've written five other books and and just a traditional business book style. And one of the things that I think it finally soaked into my head is that people really pay attention. So if I was doing a a, a keynote presentation, the part that people seem to always remember are when you tell stories, little you know examples and stories and parables. So I decided to write the whole book as a parable. Well, sounds very much like uh, years ago. There was a book out called what, "What's Is It Who Moved My Cheese?" or "Someone Moved My Cheese." Absolutely. Uh, the story about the mice, uh, if you recall that story. But it, it, now, I hope mine sells as well as Spencer Johnson's did. I really do. <laughs> this is my goal. Well, well, it, it makes for easy reading, and uh, thank you for a copy of it. I, I took a look at it, and uh, what what are you trying to accomplish with the book? And it makes for easy reading, so you get these these stories that uh, you can uh, obviously when you mention a parable you can see how it applies to real life but uh, what what is your goal with the book what i want what i really wanted to do is to take the concept of what is you know customer experience that uh, that that sort of catchphrase and put it into reality it really is quite a complex concept in terms of delivering uh, outstanding customer service and, and creating loyalty to customers and what we've called a, a wow factor. It's actually a fairly complex process. There's a lot of moving parts. Um, and if you get too clinical with it, as in, in a normal business book, then uh, you know all but the very um, uh, sort of geeky followers of customer experience are going to enjoy it but but the, the truth is all of us are customers we all as a customer we all understand what a customer experience is what our journey is we've, we've all had the same frustrations with dealing with you know tele people on the telephone with dealing with people in live environment mm -hmm. with with things we buy so we understand from a customer's point of view what doesn't work and what does work so what the book tries to do is to is to Using a fictitious company, and it's a manufacturing company that uh, that manufactures small appliances, um, and and a guy that walks guy basically walking through uh, this three levels store with with a very eccentric and eclectic um, uh, uh, woman who uh, uh, who takes him shopping and and basically teaches him the lessons all the way through, and he's able to he's able to sort of. Uh, take that and translate it into different types of business and different things um, and I had a lot of fun writing it but what it does though is it I think it, it brings the concept of customer experience down to the level that's really important which is how it impacts the customer because mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if a company thinks they're great if your customer thinks that you're horrible then well you're horrible so that's sort of where it comes to well just uh, you know listening to you I'm thinking of how this 
lawyers who are building a law practice, bankers, real estate salesmen, um, CPAs, insurance uh, company agents, and anytime you have to go out and uh, sort of establish relationships with people, uh, this is it. What 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 is? Uh, we have a couple of minutes here. What, what are a couple of the biggest lessons that we can take away from sort of learning how to go to wow factor with our customers? Absolutely. Um, I, the number one lesson that I hope everybody walks away from, and, and it, the book sort of leads up to it, is to is if you really want to be successful, if you want to be like a, an Amazon that has that wow factor that mm-hmm. really has that loyal following, lose the quid pro quo mentality. Um, stop thinking transactionally. So, uh, you know, with a customer, well, I'll give you something if you give something to me. Um, if you look at, at, at what Amazon does, they will, they'll just say, you know, if, if they send you the wrong book uh, and you call about it, they'll say, just hang on, hold on to the book you've got, we'll send you the right one, just keep the other one. They'll, they'll send refunds. They're, they, don't, they don't wait for that if you do something for me. Um, when you think of, of those are the things people remember, that's what creates loyalty. Loyalty is reciprocal. So if we want loyalty from our customers, then we have to be loyal to them. Uh, so that's that's the big that's the number one big lesson. But the second one is is to understand that that what truly drives the customer experience is leadership. And if you don't have leadership from the top, from the CEO of a company uh, through to every manager that's focused on it, it's not going to happen. So those are really the the two big things. Well, certainly worth do that. And you know, as you mentioned, these things they don't sound that. Um that new sounds like these are the things that we've been looking for 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 decades, if not for centuries. Uh, they, well, they do seem funny. to work. Yesterday, I came in. I, somebody reminded me that, that I think it's 1934, the movie uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and if you, one of the core elements in there was when Santa Claus at Macy's was directing people to Gimbel's to go and buy, buy the goods, and, <laughs> and of course, which would be outrageous by any thought. But that whole idea of selflessness, the idea of looking after a customer's, look, being focused on a customer and not just their wallet. Well, very, uh, very good, very good rules to live by, among other things. Uh, so, well, thank you so much, Sean Belding, for joining us uh, talking about some marketing issues today. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great week. Good night. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset Sat and drank my fresh mint tea With nothing to do until morning Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.